You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. If you'd like to get a free copy, just send a text to 33444 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 33444. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Esty Rand, and she's on a mission to empower everyone who has a business to professionalize it and make it profitable. The founder and owner of Strand Consulting, which is a full-service consulting firm for small business owners, Esty also hosts the Business Breakthrough Podcast, making business success relatable and achievable for everyone. Hey, welcome to the show, Esty. Thank you so much, Dennis. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes, we were chatting before we hit record, and I'm super excited to dive into this today because we are going to talk about your journey and the things you learned and kind of your step-by-step process, how you grew your business, your consulting firm, to six figures in less than two years with no paid ads. So I'm really excited to dive into that. But before we do that, I want you to just tell us a little bit about what you got going on over there, maybe a short backstory. Take a couple of minutes and fill in the blanks and then we'll take off. Sure. So I started, as I think so many people do, with a dream and a passion to help people and as what I would call the do everything freelancer. I was working as a CIO for a multinational nonprofit due to some office politics where they like hired a new middle manager who told me I was his new secretary and he was taking my team. I left because the job was no longer a job. Ouch. And yeah, it was, it was not fun. He didn't last very long, but I needed to work. I needed the money. I needed it for my own sanity. And so I just started taking on all these different things. I had already been doing some coaching on the side. I started teaching hip hop dance exercise classes because, you know, why not (laughs) just do whatever is fun. I was doing financial coaching. I was doing database architecture and training. I was all over the place. But my real dream was to help small business owners with the same scope of services that the bigger companies and organizations got from the like Fortune 500 consulting firms. And I had experienced that at my place of employment where they had hired a consulting firm And those guys gave the same ideas that I did and they got listened to and got paid more for it. And I was like, I should do that. But I saw that the little businesses, you know, this was 2011, the beginning of the small business boom and everyone and their neighbor was starting a business, you know, by being an Etsy seller or a dog walker or a massage therapist, it didn't matter. And they couldn't afford those kinds of services, nor would that work for them. And so everyone's getting their freelancers and everyone's becoming a freelancer and hiring freelancers. And I wanted to create a space where a small business, a solopreneur, a micro business owner could get the same level and scope of services that a Fortune 500 company got from like a Deloitte McKinsey Boston. That's actually what we do now. That was the dream. That was over eight years ago. And I now run that. I have a team that supports me of designers, coders, writers, database people. And we can not only help our clients who are those same people, the micro business owners, 
some of them just freelancers, solopreneurs, real estate agents, fitness trainers, and then small, some of the companies, you know, 10 to 20 people, people don't always realize there's a lot of money in small business. Some of my clients, you know, they have 15 employees. They're multimillionaires. When you build these right, you can make really good money. And uh, we help them with everything from the strategy to the implementation. So we'll build a marketing strategy or a business plan or an expansion plan. And then we can actually do the branding, help them with the hiring, help them integrate their staff, run their social media channels, you name it. Wow. So you got a lot going on over there. I mean, you are taking on a kind of a full scope consulting role within these small businesses. And that's got to be a struggle because small businesses, number one, typically bud- a lot of them are budgetarily constrained, right? They, they're, if they're solopreneurs, they may have strained budgets. They may not have fleshed out their messaging. They may not even really be do mar- doing marketing, right? They may be just getting a lot of referrals and the typical, you know, early you know, early way that you get customers. So I'm interested to dive in here. So before we do that, I'm really curious, how do you at Strand Consulting get most of your clients today? What source channel strategy do you use to get most of your clients today? So it's like half and half. Half is what I've done since day one, which is speak. It's just at a slightly different scale. So when I was starting out, I would do local workshops I would speak for nonprofit organizations that supported entrepreneurs, local chambers of commerce, networking groups. And I got most of my clients. At one point, I was actually, I was working with a 33% client conversion rate from these talks. So that was, that was definitely the biggest boom. And now I use social media, actually. Okay. So you did a lot of speaking and that makes a lot of sense, particularly as you're getting started because it's not expensive. You can touch a large group of people, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 people that are your target market. And that makes a ton of sense. But now you've since pivoted into social media. Tell me a little bit about what channel and what you're doing there to get your clients. If you could pull back the onion a little bit further. Sure. So I hang out on LinkedIn a lot. I go social media. I go kind of piece by piece because we do social media ghosting for our clients. I personally to master every platform even though I have people on my team who often do the actual implementation, I need to understand it, not only to explain it to the clients. I think every business owner should know everything that goes on in their business, even if they're not doing it, but so that I can choose the right platform and strategy for them. And so I started with Facebook. I moved to Instagram. Then I moved to LinkedIn, expecting to next move you know, into either Snapchat or YouTube. We decided YouTube's next, by the way. But what happened is when I landed on LinkedIn, I started making real money. I started getting real business. So now I stay there. And it's a combination of three things. It's posting in the feed, trying to work with the algorithms to get my posts seen as much as possible. And the content of those posts being geared toward my specific audience to provide value and also show my expertise and that I get it and what I can do. The other thing is DMs, sending a message to everybody who reaches out to me, just asking them if there's something I can help them with. Hey, this is what I do. Can I help you? Entering into those conversations, moving it into a a phone call and connecting at scale, building a very specific network of people, which LinkedIn allows you to do different than every other social media channel and every business owner, sales, marketing, B2B that is not taking advantage of LinkedIn today, 2018 is really missing out. Oh, I totally agree with you. I mean, matter of fact, you were nice enough to have me on your podcast, which I'm sure will launch eventually on your business breakthrough podcast. And we talked a lot about LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is kind of like one of those home away from home for me. It's been such a huge platform. So I'm so excited to hear that you're leveraging that to get clients. 
And it sounds like, you know, you hit the nail right on the head. Obviously, you're putting regular content out there. And one of the cool things that I think you've observed, because I know I have, over, particularly over the last year, is, is it's finally become more social. There's some virality. You can actually get reach. You don't have to have a million followers, and you can get 5, 10, 15, 20,000 reach on some of your posts, and you can really start some interesting conversations and dialogue and engagement with your target market, which for me, and I know based on what you said, has led to a lot of opportunities and a lot of clients. So I agree with SD 100%. If you're not on LinkedIn, if you're not leveraging it, if you're not trying to learn that platform and you're in the B2B space, you are absolutely missing the boat. So thank you for peeling back the onion on that. Now, why we came here today, the big thing that I think everybody wants to hear, Esty, is how you were able to take your small business that was at one point admittedly a freelancer from hell startup, okay? <laughs> right? And convert that into a six-figure consulting firm in less than two years with no paid advertising. So I want you to lift up the hood, you know, and tell us exactly how you did that. Give us any tips or framework that you can give us so that everybody could learn in advance from the things that you've done right. Maybe some of the mistakes you've made. Sure. So I'll tell you, I think it divides into about five parts in that order. The first piece is passion. It was so important to me to help people with their businesses. I was so excited about it. I was so upset about it every time I would see somebody making a mistake, hiring the wrong person or not getting the help they needed. And so that initial energy still carries me today because every business goes up and down and every business has its easier and its harder times. And so I think the core of what's gotten me to my level of success has been that no matter what has happened, successes and failures, I just keep going because this is what I want to do. So that's piece one. And I think that's important because some people fall into business because like it's there or someone recommended that certification or their brother was doing it. And like to be successful, I think you really need to be passionate about what you're doing. So that's that's one. Okay, perfect. So having a passion for exactly what you're doing or the audience that you're helping I totally agree. I think that definitely helps grease the wheels and keep you focused. What's next? Next is strategy. Okay. And strategy, my definition is having a plan to reach a goal. I always wanted this to be a full service consulting firm. From my earliest days when I was a freelancer and I was just me, my vision was I'm going to have people working for me. I'm going to offer a full scope of services and I'm going to make real money doing this. And I knew what that looked like. And so having that end goal and then building a plan to get there, you know, and for me, it was a staged plan because I'm super risk averse and every dollar that I spend is a dollar out of my pocket because it's my business. And so I was never going to grow it beyond where it was. And what that means is I hired all my people as contractors in the beginning for as many hours as I needed them. So even my core staff, started at, you know, 10 hours a week and then 15 and then 20. And then everybody started from where I knew I needed them and could afford them and built them up. My designers and programmers all started as a per diem on a per contract basis until I needed them more regularly. And the strategy behind that was I want every dollar of this in my pocket so I can keep doing it full time and bring in people to provide those services because this is the vision and this is what I want it to be, but it's got to be affordable. Yeah. So you created a low risk strategy that was contingency driven, meaning they only pay, you only paid them when they worked. And that allowed you 
to scale your business at a rate that didn't, you know, didn't kill you from a cash flow perspective. Because what most people, what most entrepreneurs, or let's call it entrepreneurs, think that a business is driven on is profit. They think it's all about profit, but it's really cash flow that is the reason why a lot of companies fail, especially in the early days. So I totally agree with that. I think that's awesome. What's next? Yeah, and and so next is marketing, <laughs> that giant esoteric piece. So marketing is definitely my strong suite. I actually majored in marketing with a minor in advertising and communications. And so this has always been my thing. And the way I look at marketing is the creation and communication of value of your product or service to your target market to convince them to buy. And the way I translate that is sell stuff people want. Very simple. (laughs) And then tell them about it. And so I was always out there in the trenches because Again, me, risk averse, super low risk strategy, not spending any money that I don't have because I need it in my pocket if I don't want to go get another job. I would speak for free for a lot of these organizations and I would stay for a Q&A always. I want to hear what people's problems are and I would build my classes on those and I would build my services on those and I would build my pitches on that. And so, you know, when I started hearing everybody needed social media, that's when I started going into social media. Now I'm not going to just do it. I'm going to learn it. Like I said, I went personally needed to master every platform. I found other people to bring into my team that were good at it, but I'm going to go where the clients need me to go. And then I'm going to look at market rates and see what people are charging. And then I'm going to build my team. And this is, this is another strategic piece. Cause like you said, small businesses don't always have a big budget. Some of them have never done any strategic marketing. They've, you know, existed on word of mouth and that does take you to a certain place, but it won't take you all the way. And so I literally search the world. I have people in four different time zones for the right people at the right price. And so I build like a very lean team. I need to be able to double or triple what my staff charge me on an hourly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, absolutely. You got it. It takes oxygen to grow that machine. And obviously part of that is cash flow. Part of that is profit. And you obviously are reinvesting a lot of that into your business. So we talked about passion. We talked about strategy. We talked about marketing. What else? So number four is systems. Systems, the way I translate it, it saves you stress, time, energy, and money. It's a systematic way of doing things. It's not necessarily a database, although my job that I left, I was actually the CIO. So I ran all of the information systems and built their databases. So I'm kind of a data person, but I was orderly from day one. I actually, okay, you want a little, a little detour story? When I was 10, I ran my first business selling my own craft work and I had order forms and I had client lists and customer orders like I on a typewriter. Now I'm really dating myself. And so when I started my business, I did the exact same thing. I kept a record of every single person I touched. Every person who reached out to me, I would pass out a clipboard at every class I gave and collect all of their information to reach back out to them collect their business industries to see who I was touching, what industries I was specializing in without my even realizing it, being on top of that information, tracking my financials from day one. What did I spend? What went in? What went out? Being on top of it and then being also on top of the processes. You know, how was I getting clients in? What was the back and forth? What did my sales channel look like? So that as I grew, I can really codify it and be able to delegate it. Perfect. So you had that ingrained in you and not everybody does, right? Some people are very detail oriented and and have that skill set. Some people are a little bit bigger picture. Some people kind of fall in between. I don't know where I fall, but I definitely know where you fall. So, <laughs> so what's the next step? We talked about passion, strategy, marketing systems. You said there was five. The five. The last one really maybe is the first one, and it's financials. 
you have to make sure the money works. So when you're a freelancer, you know, and you're in a service business and I'm not selling a physical product, many people say, what do you mean? There's no cost. Every dollar in is a dollar earned. And it's just not true at all. You have to be working with a profit model. And what that means, again, even starting as a freelancer is first and foremost, the opportunity cost of your time. You know, if I'm doing this and I'm putting all my time and energy into it, cause I'm not putting money into it. So I'm not doing paid advertising. So I would did advertising. I bartered my time for it, but that had to be worthwhile. I would travel and speak. That had to be worthwhile. Sometimes the travel costs, you want to make sure that your opportunity cost for your time parallel what you could earn otherwise. And also all those little ancillary costs that you don't think about. You ordered business cards. You uh, took a cab somewhere to meet someone. You swap time with another service provider that was helping you build. All of these things are costs. And you want to make sure you're working with a profit model to hit your income goal. So I know how much I need to earn in a month, let's say, right? Let's say, you know, I'm going to give it $100,000 to make it even. It's more. I live in LA, but <laughs> let's say it's 100000 <laughs> It just, yeah, you know, it, it's, I should move to Puerto Rico like John. <laughs> let's say it's 100000 And let's say I charge $100 an hour. Yeah. I need to work a thousand billable hours in a year to hit my income goal, right? That's super simple. I just like using, you know, multiples of 10 to to break it down easy. So then I got to break that down. Can I work a thousand hours? Well, there's 52 weeks in a year. Let's divide a thousand by 50. Let's figure out how many hours a week. I'm not really working all the weeks. Break it down to amount of hours I can put into this a day. And can I make this happen at this rate? When I actually, when I moved to LA, because I started the company not here, I sat down and I calculated my hourly rate by the amount of hours that I had. And I came out to, there is no way on this planet that I can make a living in this city. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I agree. That financial model is something that a lot of people miss. And I think that they, they don't look at the numbers closely enough. And, you know, you hit it on the head. I mean, consulting, the re- there's a big reason why consulting and coaches, you know, charging $100 an hour is very low end, right? They have mm-hmm. most consultants and coaches charge two, three, five hundred $500 an hour or more. So I totally get it because again, there's a lot of ancillary costs, travel and things of that nature. So that financial model is very important. So that's perfect. All right. Awesome. Well, listen, let's pivot really quick and talk about if you had to pick one of the biggest lessons you've learned throughout this entrepreneurial journey of, you know, freelancer from hell, 10 year old selling, what were you selling again? So they were actually name bracelets. They were customized name bracelets. Selling bracelets at 10 years old through to today, having a very successful and thriving consulting firm. What would be the biggest lesson you've learned about growing your business? Be careful who you align yourself with. My biggest mistakes have been mistaken partnerships. Actually, all the way back from my 10-year-old days, now that we think about it, I started out with a partner. There were two of us doing it. Um, And then we split up. So when I started my company, so like I said, I brought people in just per diem. And uh, so I would, you know, go to trade shows, conferences, network. And this was before my, my days on LinkedIn. This was before LinkedIn was, you know, popular in that way at all. And uh, I met this guy who looked amazing. He was a designer and he had a print store. And I was like, ah, oh, you're perfect. You know, we'll do the design for clients. We'll also print their stuff together. You know, he'll make a commission on people he brings me. I'll make a commission on people I bring him. Fantastic. I bring him in to one of my first branding clients. We do a logo and it's terrible. It's absolutely hideous. And the more direction I give the guy, the worse it comes out. I don't understand. I saw his previous work. Like, did he make it up? Is he a liar? 
And it turns out that he had had a partner himself and the partner was the creative arm and this guy was the technical arm. And they split up a few months before I met technical guy. And he was like, ah, how hard can it be? You know, and he looked at me as a great opportunity because I'm a creative person and I'm going to run the show and he's just going to have to execute. But he didn't realize how much creativity he needed to do that execution. And so everything he did was awful. My client was very upset. I had to, I lost money on that one. That's for sure. Or I definitely, I broke even in some areas. I lost money in some areas, but really vet your people. Since then, I will not bring anybody, anybody client facing before I test them out internally. Yeah, there's different, I guess, versions of partners, right? So, I mean, you have strategic partners, like I think you were talking about with that guy. You have you have business partners. But either way, I totally agree. You have to be cautious. You can't be scared to try new things, but you do have to be very cautious and vet those because having a partner in a business is like being married, right? And unfortunately, a lot of marriages end in divorce and so do a lot of partnerships. And so vetting those people is critically important. And I think that that's really, really sound advice. So, all right, listen, the last two questions, we're going to do a rapid fire here. What's your favorite growth tool or software that you're using today to build your business? Growth tool or software. Can I say my database? Does that count? Sure. As long as you give me a little bit of a, of a how-to. Sure. So we recently installed project management software. It's cloud hosted on our own servers and it is a game changer. Now, like I I was like the shoemaker with no shoes. You know, we've installed systems like this for clients over the years. And I was just managing without one until about six months ago when it really started to tip. And I was like, whoa, I can no longer keep this business in my head and Trello and WhatsApp and Google Sheets and like, you know, the four pieces that we had put together. And what this system has enabled us to do, you know, because my staff is in four different time zones and so are our clients. And, uh, you know, even with the level of delegation that I was doing for my staff, that clients can now log into their own login on the database because it's self-hosted. I have an unlimited amount of users that I can create. So I'm not paying some SAS company per user access. So everybody can get in. They can see their project. They can see where they're holding. They can access their files. They can download it. As changes are made by my team, the clients can see it in real time. And I don't get 500 emails. So you you created your own project management software, basically, so that you could work with your team as well as your clients through this interface. Little different. We found actually an off-the-shelf software that we installed, self-hosted, and modified slightly. I'd love to take credit for creating it from scratch, but I totally didn't. Very cool. So project management software that you that you customized yourself. Perfect. All right. So what's one book that you've read recently that you think would be valuable to my audience? Ah, uh, I'm in the middle of it. I'm almost done. And everyone has to read When by Daniel Pink, The Science of Perfect Timing. It's not officially a business book, but it's completely a business book. It should officially be one. And it, it talks about everything from how we manage our own time, which for a business owner is so critical because your time and energy is your greatest asset in running your company and your life, really. So everything from chronobiology, which I've been teaching for years, so it was fun to see the research on it. So how we interact with time, right? Whether you're a morning person or a night person, but also the energy flow throughout the day. Like all people, you know, they found, again, research across thousands of participants across countries, continents. Everybody kind of starts a little bit lower and hits a peak around mid-morning. Mid-morning depends on if you're a night or morning person. For some people, it's 9 a.m. For some people, it's 1 p.m. And then it kind of goes down to a slump midday. Like I know mine is like three, four o'clock and it shifts when the, when the daylight saving times shift. So it's really the same time every day. 
And then we kind of, you know, go up a little bit in the evening. And that's how our mood swings. And that's how our energy swings. And as a business owner, to plan your activities, your client meetings, your staff reviews, your technical work around this kind of time flow is a game changer. Talks about the science of how groups make decisions according to time. There's so much in this book. It's incredible. Perfect. Well, listen, I'll make sure I add that link in the show notes as well. Before we close out, let everybody know how they can reach out to you and learn more about your business, Strand Consulting, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Sure. So go to sdrand.com. You can see my podcast, Business Breakthrough by SD Rand. You can also subscribe to that wherever you get your podcasts like this one. We have lots of cool guests, including Dennis, where he gives away his LinkedIn selling secrets. So you should hear that. You can see more about the company at Strand Consulting. But I would tell you, go to sdrand.com. There's a ton of stuff on there, free resources that you can download, new episodes, and all the different cool things that I'm up to. Perfect. You rock, Asti. I really, really appreciate you being here today. I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon. We'll close it out for today. Thank you so much. Pleasure being here. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.